good, but who is the guy who speaks a hundred words a second? Too fast, man! Do you drink ten Red Bulls before pushing record? I'll persevere. Because you sound like a nice bunch of I love Queen. But I'm having to listen with the audio on a slower speed. Give him some chamomile tea! You know what, folks? I'm pretty hard on old Mr. Brown. He's frail and aging rather poorly. I think we should at least show him that we care. Go fuck yourself, Mr. Brown. Go fuck yourself, old friend. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. If Kev were to title this intro, he'd call it The Start. Now sit back, put your feet up and relax. We're talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Slow it down, Kev. Seaside Pod Review. So anyway, that was the point at which the gerbil escaped and we had to go back to Corfu. Ah, you know, yeah. Oh, Jesus. You missed you missed the story. Not, what you, I'll, what's going I'll on? I'll get here? you up to speed later. I'll just get I'll get you up to speed later. Don't worry. Shit. Hmm. It was a wow. it was a it was a gerbling story, which, you know, don't look that up. Does not sound good. So anyhow, Kev, how was uh, how was your your week? Week's going good, yeah. Did things. I had a meeting today with a fellow member of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Randy. Really? I wonder if it's like, who would that be? I wonder who's near. Yeah. We talk about often. Um, hmm. I'm at a loss. Who, who'd you meet with, Kev? It's not Mark Kamire. Okay, not Mark Kamire. It's not right? Scott Haskin. It's not Scott um, Yeah, no, it's not John Mariano, and it's not Chaz not, Charles. Not Chaz Charles. Um, shit, hmm. no, his name slipped my mind. Let me think. Fuck. It, well, it, I just don't even know who it would be. Oh, Corey. Corey Morissette. It was. Yeah, there we go. What? The designer of this podcast and many others? <laughs> Indeed. The very same chap. We went to oh. Denny's early in the morning. I don't get up very early. And I got up, I took, got way too early to go meet Corey because he was in town last night watching Kiss. And Hang on a I second, didn't... though. First, before we get further, mm. I had no idea that he was classy like that. Denny's? Like, you guys mm-hmm. went to Denny's? We went really? to Denny's. Wow, we and went. We, you... you know, we we didn't we didn't go to McDonald's. We didn't go to Burger King. Um, we went to Denny's. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I mean, that's a little rich for my blood, but <laughs> go on. He it's was here little... for Kiss. Yes, I understand that Kiss was here. I, and and just really quickly, if you don't mind, I'm just going to add things to throw this in super duper quick. Uh, because it's 2023 and they're playing their farewell tour. I saw Kiss in 2000 on their farewell tour. But <laughs> but go on. <laughs> was it really? Did they call it a farewell tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, that's did. amazing. And it was the original lineup. It was uh the original lineup. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I will say this that it takes my wonderful mother in law probably about twenty three twenty three years to say goodbye when she's leaving our place after she's visited. So, you know, mm-hmm. I it's farewell farewells can take a long time, Randy. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, Gene's rather verbose, so I can't I'm sure you couldn't shut that fucker up. <laughs> uh, Corey did say that they talk a lot between songs. Like a lot, he was saying. <laughs> My other recollection from seeing Kiss was that Paul and Gene were just up at the front trying to get girls to lift their shirts pretty much the whole time. Oh, God. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean you think, you know, hey, you're you're 60. You've yeah. seen a lot of boobs in your life. I've not they're seen just, enough. They're just boobs. <laughs> I don't know, it's just they're they're old men. Don't do that. It's horrible. It's gross. How old are those fuckers now? Are they into the 70s yet? Well, they've got to be darn close. Gene Simmons is 74. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So he's my father's age. So it's like watching my father up there <laughs> trying to convince 25 year old girls to show them their tits. And sticking his, gross. sticking his tongue out lasciviously while painted up as a, I don't know, some kind of Demons. sex sex donkey or something. I don't know. What's that paint? What's it? Deny it. Well, but hang on here. Before we get too far off, uh, far afield here, what did Corey think of the show? Loved it. Yeah, he said it was great. And Corey's a Kiss fan. And he said, you know, I mean, the music is what it is. And he thought that there were some tracks playing here and there, but he said the the show itself. So it was exactly what you want from Kiss, right? They were spitting fire and blood. And that's what you go to a Kiss concert for, right? So I'll say this. And a good friend of mine, Jay, went last night too. And we talked a little bit. Uh, And uh, I'll say this. They, they, it's a spectacle they put on. It's a spectacle. It's like, wow, man, these guys are, uh, you know, musicianship. Yeah, you know, eh, whatever. Um, but you know, and but good, some good solid pop tunes. I've always thought. Uh, I think D- Detroit Rock City is a great song. I think they got lots of actually like good that solid one. pop tunes. Yeah, but uh, beyond that, I think they lack a little substance. What? But but that's just me, and, I, and I'm a bit of an asshole. Is I guess people are starting to figure out. <laughs> no. I mean, he did say that because I think the new Eric Singer is the drummer and Tommy sure. Thayer is the is the lead guitarist. He said that those two are, you know, really quite good musicians. So oh, it's really they, they just proper. They'd be leaps and know. bounds above the other guys, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I've never I've never been into Kiss and we you know we have a mutual friend who is really into Kiss. We do. To a, we to do. a degree that borders on psychotic, I would say, with all the love in the world to him, you know. Unhealthy. Unhealthy. Psychotic. Sure. Unhinged. Yeah. Unhinged. <laughs> I was just going to say, because when Gene Simmons was in SAS place, holds, what is it, whatever, 15,000, say. Yeah. He probably wasn't even the best bass player backstage. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even the best, not even the best bass player in his kitchen on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Shannon Tweed just fucks a much better bass player. <laughs> Oh, uh, do you prefer the diminished chords, Gene, or uh, do you like the uh, major on back in sevens? Gene like E minor on money. Yeah. <laughs> Gene, yeah. look at boobs. Gene like the... play rock and roll music. Gene gotta... sell Gene Gene sell lunch boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, they found a way to make a lot of money that band, right? I mean, did, God love did. them. They... It's pure jealousy on my part. Well, I mean, I think they did the, the sort of the, the pinnacle of it was. I remember seeing Kiss caskets. Like that was, you know, you can buy literally buy coffins, Kiss coffins, and they 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 gave one to someone famous. Someone famous was buried in a Kiss casket, and I can't remember who it is like some I think some famous musician. You're like, what the fuck, like. You you, you know that? you know it's actually okay to turn down gifts at funerals or if, you know gifts on on someone's passing like just go yeah no we've already got one picked out thanks yeah well I guess it's wood and it would rot just like any other wood 
I don't know, being kissed, man, it might just be plastic, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Yeah, so how's your week been? Have you been uh, you've been busy recording, I hear? You've been doing some uh, music production. Yeah, yeah, I did a, a, a kind of a Christmas song for uh, some good friends of mine, and uh, oh man, I've been doing all kinds of other stuff, truthfully. Uh, not much of it very exciting, and uh, part of that, the not very exciting part, is the very stressful part of uh, income taxes. Mm. I'm not sure if where you live, you have to pay income taxes, but here in Canada, we have to hand over just fistfuls of dollars to our federal <laughs> government, and uh, that's okay because they paved my roads. So, yeah. Well, and you know, what would you do otherwise? We, we, otherwise, we'd, we'd descend into a capitalist hellhole, Randy. You know, where yeah, we have to pay that... for everything, hospitals and schools and roads. Yeah, and... like, yeah, that's not happening. Fuck, who knows? Anyhow. Yeah, good. All right, well, no sports, though. No sports ball this week, eh? No, but listen. So, look, was... Fodd, we got nothing to report. So, I know that this is something that he looks forward to every week. I do have something coming up this weekend. Huh. Uh, and I will be working some volleyball. So, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe next Tuesday I'll I'll give a good solid fucking report on the volleyball volleyball talk <laughs> in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. So for oh, all Lord. of you who can can just imagine what Prince Albert might be like, because none of you have been there, it's far far worse. I, uh, I dare say I'll that be, no one can imagine how bad PA is. <laughs> no, and I'll be there, and I'll be recording volleyball, the audio portion of it. All right. Well, we um we should get onto some Queen shit. Really, is what we should probably do. Oh my God. Have we been just going on and on here without talking about Queen yet? Yammering on and on endlessly for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. There was a bit, a little bit of Queen news that was pretty cool. Oh. Um, oh. Well, not, not really Queen news, more Brian May. So are you aware, Randy, of um, Nandy Bushel? Do you know who that is? No. Nuh- so Nandy Bushel is a young lady who sort of gained a bit of sort of fame, but she's a, she was a super young kid when she started posting videos on YouTube of her playing drums. And she'd posted a video of her playing, I think, Everlong, and Dave Grohl got wind of it. And so they entered into this kind of, you know, pseudo like drum battle where Dave would send her something and she would send him her playing. It was this really sort of lighthearted thing. Super cool, super fun. And so she's nice. ended up sort of, she's played on stage with Food Fighters Live. She's sort of become now sort of the darling of the rock world because, you know, she's a young lady who loves really loud, really hard rock music and plays it really quite fucking well on drums. Drummer. I hope you enjoy my cover of Evalon by Food Fighters. Looks like she's got uh, killer dreads too. Yeah, killer dreads. And so she she's been given a sort of a role in this kids' TV show about you know like a band type thing. And uh, Brian May guest starred on it and gave her a little tutorial on the Red Special, which is pretty wow. fucking sweet. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So there. I yeah. Mean, you know, got to say I'm a little jealous. I don't think Brian May's got, I don't think Brian May could pull off the dreads though, do you? No. I think no, it would he's probably, be cultu- probably be culturally inappropriate if he tried. That's, it looks like a recent picture and he's got a pretty good head full of hair for a dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, hats off. I used to have killer hair. Now it's just a wee bit thinner, but man, it's still fucking great. 
<laughs> what what there is is what there is is splendid. <laughs> What's remaining is fucking fantastic. <laughs> you run your fingers through it and think, God damn, that's a nice head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Socks getting old. Hey Kev, why don't we talk about this this queen band that we fucking talk about sometimes? Let's do it. Spread your fucking wings here. Let's do it. Spread your fucking wings last week we covered, yeah, and spread our fucking wings we did. Um, We asked our people whether they thought it was one of the champions or whether it would bite the dust, and on last week's episode, we tried to guess how that poll would come back. Now, I I usually ask you, do you remember, but you never do, so I'm just going to I do, I do remember, though. This time I remember. What did you guess? You said 95. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said, bloody hell, he remembers. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember much, but I remember that. Okay, so the Twitter poll came back with what result, Randy? Well, it's clearly illustrating the proper methodology of dissecting a song and coming up with an answer, <laughs> and then extrapolating that and uh, guessing at the fucking numbers. And so anyhow, long story short, <laughs> champion at 91.2% and biting the dust at 8.8%. So uh, me saying 90-10, I do believe puts me pretty doggone close to being... A bit, you know, a bit of a champion myself. I yeah, guess. I mean, you're there's three weeks in a row that you've won the the poll guess. After well, I would say some very churlish whining and complaining over yeah. a couple of episodes about oh, how yeah. unfair it was yeah. that we did this. So you know, I just yeah. would like to say that you should probably quit that from now on, just in case. You know, no, 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 <laughs> no. I don't think I'll bother with that. Thanks though. <laughs> Uh, over on Facebook, it was 29 to 0, so 100% champion, 0% dust. So <laughs> overall, the poll was 93.3%, champion 6.7%. But you know what? We put our guess on the Twitter poll, so. Yeah, that's because if we add them up together, Kev, you're the you're the winner. Yeah, but we're, we're, not, we're not adding up. See, see how magnanimous I am, Randy? See, that's, yeah. what a, that's what a collaborator and a friend does. You know? You're right, actually. You know, <laughs> you're so giving, Kev. You are so giving. And uh, I will say that anybody who meets you has definitely met you. So, <laughs> and let me be the first to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Dudney, you know what he says, Kev? He says, quite possibly my favorite Queen song. It's one I love to sing along with the most back in my teenage days. Love the live killers version too. A 100% Deaky champion. Brilliant episode. Thanks. And yeah, hey, thanks, Alan. Appreciate that. Uh, and our good buddy Steve Ursel says, uh, sublime song, the fast rock section that closes the live at BBC version, particularly Freddie hammering so wildly, but perfectly on his piano, is the very essence of musical joy to me. All four of them are letting rip, and you can really feel it. Yeah. And we didn't, I don't know, I didn't go back no, to the BBC did. sessions yet. I, I totally forgot. But I think that what we'll do at some point, Randy, is that can be one of our special episodes um Revisited maybe we'll do that as a, as a christmas special then we'll we'll look at you know the ones that the songs that we've already covered in the catalog we'll listen to those bbc sessions and and maybe have a little bit of a comment on that. i think that'll be kind of a fun thing to do so yeah yeah good idea um ian winnick says a champion for sure but for me it was always just a great album track not the top draw queen classic that most fans seem to think it is in any case having read the comments i think the real question we need to address is is it deaky with a c <laughs> or Deaky with a K. And we got into, well, you know me, I'm a big word nerd too, but like yeah. I used to use, I used to use K always. I would write it as Deaky, but seeing that most fans are right as Deaky with a C, I switched. But then Ian had asked me like, you know, 
what other word do you know that ends with a single C followed by a Y? And I can't think of any where it's pronounced as a, as a, it would be a soft C then. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I could see why you would use a K. Yeah. Yeah. These questions are more Randy will not be answered on this podcast. (laughs) No, I know, I guess. Right. But I mean, I guess the idea is that uh, we all know it's Deacon. Yeah. So yeah. But, but yeah. So if you were uninitiated and you didn't know, Let's say you didn't know anything about Queen, and you'd look at that, you'd you'd say DC. Yeah. But the DC amp. So maybe yeah. what I'll do, Randy, is maybe this week I'll put up a poll. We'll we'll have another poll this week to, to get to the, the 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 crux of this matter once and for all, and finally resolve whether it's DC or DK. Yeah, I think I really think this is not a waste of anybody's time. <laughs> uh, Dieter, my chameleon days says, champion and my favorite Queen song. I love the storytelling lyrics, which, along with Brian's guitar solo, never fail to pick me up when I'm feeling down. By the way, the song is included in the German version of Greatest Hits. And uh, I checked out my English, North yeah. American version, I should say, not English, North American version, and it's not on It's Not on, the not on there, yeah. Yeah, strange, eh? Lisa Malloy says, I only like it. I don't love it, but voted champion. With the Cardinal, I prefer you're my best friend. There is a different melody to Spread Your Wings that I prefer. Check out this live version where Freddie forgets the words. I wish the album version sounded like it. So again, we're getting, you know, and you know, again, maybe we'll we'll do a special episode where we just listen to live versions of one song. I think, again, something interesting to do to see how, you know, as we've talked about, songs evolve, songs change and grow as a band plays them live more and more and more. So maybe the song ends up in a, an even better place. So, Yeah, I mean, just an idea too. Maybe... Uh just an idea, maybe a poll about which songs we should look at live yeah, uh, to see which ones we should cover. Cause uh, we're, I mean, every time we do one of these, it's we say, Hey, check out this live one, check out this live one. And, and yeah, generally live is a little bit better, but as long as it's recorded properly, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Paul Wobbyoff says voted champion. It's a shame. It's not more widely known outside the queen fandom. Doesn't get the radio airplay either. Perhaps it got buried by the sheer weight of W-A-T-C and W-W-R-Y dot Come on, Randy, you can get these. Acronyms included just for Randy. (laughs) So W-A-T-C is would a time code world attacking the church. Why do you guys do fucking Twitter? Just let us fucking type the shit out, right? (laughs) What are the two big songs off News of the World? The two huge, huge songs. Oh fuck! I was that I was everyone knows. On. I was moving on to fucking Black Pie here. Well, I'm not letting you. I'm not letting this go because I want to humiliate you just a tad more. Come on. Oh come on, Kev. We okay, uh, are, are the, champions, the champions, and and we will rock you. There we go. I a boy. I just don't. I, I get. I don't want to. You have to use my brain too much. I am too smart. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. Blackpie says champion, no ifs, no buts. Anyone who says otherwise needs their ears <laughs> pulling off. Should have been a much bigger hit at the time. A classic now. Uh, and and just as I alluded earlier, this was not played on the radio in, in Canada. Yeah. That's all I can say is Canada. Uh, absolutely not. I'd never heard it once on the radio. I never heard it until last week. So, I think um, pulling off people's ears if they don't like a song is a little bit throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I think we may be adding mm-hmm. to the problem rather than mm-hmm. helping with the remedy. Um, Rob Maher says, the only excuse for dusting this song is that you live in the UK and listen to classic rock radio. They play it about every 98 minutes. I sang along with casual Queen fans when it's come on in the car. 
It has become the greatest hit. It always should have been champion, obviously. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with that. And I obviously I don't know anything about the radio Lakers. I haven't lived in England for in the UK for a very long time, and I don't listen to the radio. So you're listening to the Network Show, where music comes first. Dicey, this is the most accurate computerized chart around. The only chart, quite literally, constantly updated, second by second, minute by minute. So, um, Rudy Rutherford, Fit Like Photography says I prefer this over the sickly sweet in brackets, but still great. You're my best friend. This song really hit me hard in my late teens. I felt lost and low, much like Sammy is described. And it's this narrative that works so well. Storytelling at its best. Not only a champion, but a top-tier triumph. Very nice. Leighton Brown. Top Leighton. Top Leighton Cooks. Top Leighton Swings. <laughs> top Leighton. He's the king. <laughs> of champions. The most championist it could possibly be. Freddie's vocal. Deaky's bass work. Never mind the songwriting. Roger's restraint, although I do love him off the leash on the Beeb version, uh, and Brian's beautiful golden tone. Just sublime throughout. He's the king. Paul Bradbury says, it's not Deaky's best. That goes to You're My Best Friend. And I don't love it as much as some fans do, but it's still comfortably a champion. It's also an oddity in the catalog as it's written in the third person. Yeah. So that one, it is. You're that, right. Yeah. yeah. And that one sort of started a little bit of a conversation too about, you know, what are the songs written in third person? And we a bit of a chat back and forth. So again, I love that, you know, just from posting the poll and getting this conversation going, we sort of have these side conversations, subreddits, one might call them, Randy, if, if we're, one were to be inclined to do so. And I know you're a Redditor, as I believe the, you know, the term is. But I uh, am. Uh, Jim C at Curry Sparkles. It's fucking outstanding. It's 70s Queen. It's automatically great. Fuck the 80s. And I, I'm wondering if that's just like fuck the 80s output of Queen or just the 80s in general. Maybe Jim just had a very, very bad time in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, he sounds very angry about it still. Although he sounds angry, angry every week about it, at least one thing. So, <laughs> Oh, Jim. We still love you, Jim. Uh, Barry John Williams, Alice's dad. To spread your wings. Easiest champion ever. Keep up the good work, guys. I might not always agree with you, but you do force me to think about these songs many for the first time in years. And that is something I never thought I would do. Hey, thanks a lot, Barry John. I mean, that's, again, I mean, it, we say it every time and we, we do try to sound as, as genuinely, you know, um, appreciative of that as, as we can be because we very genuinely are. We love that you, ah, Jesus Christ, even just listen. I mean, anyone who's just listening, but especially when people feedback and tell us nice things and, and send us down rabbit holes, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, we do. Uh for real, appreciate that. Doug Curran says, while listening to the pod during an early Thursday morning dog walk, I involuntarily struck a Freddie pose. <laughs> right knee lifted, head thrown back, <laughs> right fist made. On the miles and miles away, I don't care if anyone saw me. Such is the power of the champion that is spread your wings. Hey man, let your freak fl- freak flag fly. That was hard for me to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's Uh, Queen Rocks at Queen Rocks Australia says Queen. 
stripped back to a four-piece with barely an overdub in sight and no background vocals, deliver a masterful rendition of what is arguably Deaky's best songwriting effort. Fred's impassioned vocal is perfect. Love his compression and rasp. The BBC version is even better. A hashtag Rocky Raccoon, which, isn't that the Beatles? Yeah, I don't get that reference. Maybe they do something in the BB on the BBC. I, I don't know if there's a reference to it, but could be. I, uh, I, I don't know. It's over my head. Dizzy Miss Chrissy says, "A delightful champion. Not my favorite Deaky song, but it has a pleasantly sweet feel. Freddie's vocals are on point. Again, something we definitely sort of hammered on in the episode. Uh, Nikki, midwife Nikki says, definitely a champion. No discussion required. But it got even better, and then goes on to discuss it." You know, a little bit of consistency here, midwife Nikki. You know, that, this is something that I do. Uh, but it got even better when it was recorded for a BBC session. The double time jam at the end is filled with joy, and you really should check it out. You know what? We'll, we'll maybe even check it out in this episode, folks. Not guaranteeing anything. Hmm. Randy's shaking his head. He just doesn't want to. He wants to get on with oh, the new no, Queen hey, song. Hey. So. Yeah, fuck, man. Why not? I'm here. And Doug Kerr and Randy, he's, um, he, I think he enjoyed the little uh, the little intro of it that you wrote. He said, the short but slick new I Just Said That is also a champion. So thanks, Doug. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that very much. Andrew Holloway says, not only a great John song, but a great Queen song. The Live Killers version is one of the highlights of that album. Yeah. And Kyle Anderson says, champion, this is a great song. We got two likes in a row. It's starting to really add up to 90% there, Kev. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, we haven't had anyone who dusted it yet comment, and I don't think they did. I think there's some, I suspect there's some just some shit disturbers. Some trolls, so, eh? some people yeah. just being dicks, you know. Right, there you go. Um, of which one, of, of which one, um, of which Darren Hellowell is not one. Um, champion, my favorite John song. Can't fault the lyrics musically. The band sounds great and excellent vocals from Freddie. Um, Alex Small says, champion, just wonderful throughout. Deaky shines, songwriting and bass-wise. And take me to Live Killers now for that crowd sing-along. Goosebumps, just thinking about it. Nice. And uh, John Bryce's great track, particularly the BBC sessions from 1977. When they let loose mid track, an absolute champion for me, Bracey. And uh, Rob Hatton says, absolutely delightful song, which showcases Deaky with the K songwriting uh, at its best. Although you and I is my favorite of his tracks. Everyone is performing at their peak and in service of this song, giving it their all after queen two. This is their best album. So says Rob Hatton. And Brian Crozier says John's best song. Band at the peak of their powers, but for the ultimate version, you need to listen to the BBC version. Bombastic outro with the kitchen sink thrown at it. Some of Roger's best fills. He'd obviously got some new toms, and the band are simply awesome. Champion. Hey, anytime Roger gets new toms, it's a good thing for the world of music, I think. <laughs> uh, Abby says, this is one of the fair few Deaky tunes that I know I should like, but just don't. Shall hurl abuse at myself as appropriate. <laughs> uh, maybe the name Sammy just reminds me too much of the failed production of Blood Brothers I was in where they dressed me as. Why would you do that to a child? <laughs> that is unfortunate. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and Stephen Russell, or sorry, Steve Russell says, uh, no question here at all. It's an absolute champion of a track. Fell in love with it my first time I heard it on Live Killers, a better version than uh, on News of the World, which I do believe I'm reading that correctly. And nearly lost my mind when I heard the BBC Sessions version. Thanks, Steve. 
Stephen Jones says, the news of the world is that John wrote a champion. For me, John's second best song next to You're My Best Friend. On a side note, I always wondered why Queen never worked with engineer co-producer Mike Stone again, considering how great A Day at the Races and News of the World turned out. Yeah, that's a real mystery because those two albums sonically are just yeah. fucking mint. That's, that's if there was a fallout, hey? Or... Maybe, hey, yeah. I just, I, I don't know why it is. I mean, I know that the end, obviously they ended up working with Mac after jazz. Um, and then Mac sort of stuck around for Hot Space and the works, and then they moved over to, you know, and so... Yeah, bands move on and they want to try to get a new sound and freshen things up. But yeah, man, those two albums that Mike Stone helped produce are fucking outstanding. Um, David A. Wilson says, at last, after three or four weeks of stinky cheese, we finally get a cracker. A very worthy champion indeed. Should have been massive. Always thought it odd. It wasn't on the UK greatest hits. But I suppose in those days, it really did have to be a hit to be included on a best of. And yeah, when you, when you go through greatest hits, it's just fucking, it's insane the quality of the songs on that record. So what would you take off, right? So, Kind of a fair point that he brings up, too, because it yeah. seems like uh, you'll buy a lot of greatest hits. Well, you know, mm-hmm, zip, mm-hmm, you know when mm-hmm. the fuck the last time I bought great, an, an album, but uh, a lot of the greatest hits, fuck, they weren't hits. They're, it's like yeah. a compilation. But yeah. he's right. Fair point. Back then, no, the, uh, it had to be like a bonafide major hit before they put it on, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, Dominic Pierce says, absolute champion, solid gold 70s queen. Bearing in mind, it followed the massive hit, We Are the Champions and We Will Rock You. It is unbelievable that it only reached 34 in the charts. I put it down to the 7-inch having a picture sleeve that doesn't exactly shout Malin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very yeah nice. it's, just, it's the lower half of the artwork. For the <laughs> or it's, I think it might be inside, actually. But yeah, it really doesn't scream ballad in any sense at all, does it? Does not. Prime Drive Funster says an absolute queen classic. The 77 BBC version is so damn good. John always wrote such sublime melodies for his ballads, and Freddie knew how to deliver them faultlessly. Champion on an album full of champions. Hey, man. Thanks, Aaron, 1978. Um, Tom Boje, champion through and through. The rawness of Freddie's vocal brings it over the top, and the guitar outro is wonderful. And yes, if they would have queenified backing vocals, it would have ruined the song. Always some inspiration with morning coffee. And he's got his, he's got an image there of his uh, spread your wings uh, coffee mug. I don't know whether it would have ruined it. I wouldn't quite go that far, but I think it definitely would have dulled the impact of the, of that lead vocal. I think had they harmonized everything. So Aaron Mullen says, don't get me wrong. It's a clear champ off one of the best in brackets, possibly the best queen albums. However, I'm shy of a total connection with the song, despite many others holding it up as one of the queen absolute classics bettered by at least six songs on news of the world Ooh, and he doesn't list them and maybe i'll press aaron on which six he thinks are better because again i fucking love news of the world and i could make an argument for you know most songs on that record but i don't know if there are six better than this one not for my money anyway but hey man aaron doesn't owe you anything <laughs> i'm gonna respond to him right now fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Nichols two six zero three six nine rolls off the tongue. Nichols <laughs> top ten champion BBC version is essential listening. I do just want a quick question, man. You just, I mean, this just just yeah. an inquiry, and please, you know, don't mm-hmm. take this as me sort of attacking you. But are you going to do all the the Twitter handles now in the style of James Hetfield? I'm just kind of curious where where that came from, and whether it was necessary. Nichols what? <laughs> Three six nine. Nah. <laughs> we gotta go to the store. 
Get myself some smokes, ah. <laughs> uh, um, that's, that's never going to not make me laugh. <laughs> Ladin, L-A-D-A-N. Uh, I'm probably saying your name wrong, and I don't think we've seen you post before, but uh, so thanks so much. Ah, uh, this song, super. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, You've, you're in good company there. Michael Evans. I think maybe a new poster as well. I mean, we're getting a few new names here, new new people, I think. But uh, one of my favorites, Deaky didn't write many songs, but the ones he wrote were always great. Well, I'll throw a couple of caveats in there, Michael, but we'll get to those later. Uh, some of my favorite Freddie vocals are on John's songs. I think they had a really good relationship. And that's been brought up. I've seen that on the like on the, the lap pods threads and people talking about that, where there are a, quite a few instances where John wrote a song and Freddie just absolutely you know, gave a, a tour de force vocal on it. Um, almost like he sort of felt, you know, some sort of connection to the way John wrote more than Roger mm. O'Brien, which is interesting. That, that dynamic is interesting for sure. And I know they were very close friends, but. Yeah. I mean, and that happens for sure. So I, I can, you, you can do the that field because it's, it's Blair 98. <laughs> yeah. It works. See, <laughs> it <Blair> works here. <laughs> Undeniable champion, probably my favorite Deaky song. Such a simple arrangement, but so good. And we'll finish off. Uh, Lynn at Chris Fan Six says, "Fantastic version on Live Killers. Love the very far." Okay, before we go to Facebook, Randy, um, yes, we're going to listen, listen to this song. We're going to listen to this BBC version, um, just so that we can be a little bit more informed about it. So, okay, oh, let's give this. A, let's give this. A, let's give this a, a listen, Randy. The BBC sessions recordings. Yes, please. October twenty eighth. 1977 in London, the United Kingdom. Sammy was loath, just watching the show over and over again. <laughs> oh, that's a big film. <laughs> it comes. Oh. Double time. Yeah. Very uh, stay with me by the faces. Same kind of. Yeah, man, that's um, that's a pretty cooking version. Well, you know what, Kev? It looks all these uh, looks like all these Queen fans were one hundred percent right, and that is the better version. Yeah, I mean. I- I could make it. I mean, okay, you're only going to do that double time in concert. I don't think you would do that if you're recording it anyway, just because it, the song doesn't yeah, necessarily need it. You might do, yeah. But fuck me. I mean, the the, the sound of that, good Lord, it sounds good. Like I said, that, that's a lot. It definitely gives it more, it definitely gives it more gas live. Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah. And yeah, Roger's just going fucking apeshit. I think, I think whoever posted that is right. I think he got some new toms and he wanted to show everyone that he had new toms. As often as yeah. you could. <laughs> okay, let's get into uh, Facebook here, Randy. Um, Sean McGinnis, he says, okay, this is becoming a weekly occurrence. I have to rate the show, and I have to rate the song. The song? Fantastic. If I knew this is what Queen could sound like, instead of being introduced during the Radio Gaga era, I think I would have been a fan sooner. Am I a fan yet? Not quite yet, but now I have more Queen songs I like than I did before. Um, now, in terms of the episode, quality stuff yet again. I like all the audio clips, particularly that thing in the intro was freaking awesome. That's our little song you wrote, Randy, a little thing you put together. I like the insertion of your own music into the show, like Tweet of the Week and that kind of stuff. Every week, I come back for the two of you. The banter, the cardinal stuff, taking shots at Kevin. It's so entertaining. Glad he can take it. 
uh, in quotes there, uh, in brackets. But in particular, I love when Randy gets technical with guitars and gear. That's the stuff I like. Oh, and go fuck sports ball. <laughs> I hate Winnipeg. So there we go. Sean's a Sean's a tech head. Like he's, he likes the the, the deep divey stuff. So and you know it. <laughs> That's the one thing, because we're pulling this shit together on the spot, we don't get to dive as deep into that stuff. And it's usually me sort of saying, hey, Randy, how are they doing this? Because I'm always curious about that. And Randy usually has at least some kind of guess about how things are being done in the studio or whatnot. So, you know what? And hazard a guess, yes. And hazard a guess, yeah. But you know what, Sean? And I think I've said to you this to you offline. Thank you so much for, for listening. I know that, you know, when you come into a, a band that isn't one of your favorite bands, you're always taking a chance. So I'm really glad you're enjoying the show. And thank you so much for the very kind words. Absolutely, yes. Thanks, Sean. Uh, uh, Paul Roberts here also chimes in and says, <laughs> spot on, Sean. I find the Queen music gets in the way of the Randy and Kev show. Oh, well, isn't that nice? It's supposed to be about Queen, not supposed to be about us fucking hosers, but uh, but, <laughs> but we sure yet, appreciate it. <laughs> yet here we are. Uh, and he goes on, great rock ballad and top drawer Queen. Thumbs up. Yeah, thank you. And Richard Stott says, 100% bonafide top-tier champion, possibly Deakey's finest, although he does say Deakins, uh, personally, I'd rank it higher than his big three hit singles. The narrative lyrics, the arrangement, the musicianship of all four band members, all outstanding. It doesn't hurt that this is one of the greatest albums ever made. My other half runs a pub, and I'm in charge of the background music playlist. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to spread your wings to it the minute this episode was over. Don't know why it wasn't on there already. <laughs> Absolute banger. Oh, Richard, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, should I love be that. on any, it should be on all. <laughs> if I'm sitting in a pub, this one comes on, I'm like, hey, 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 I'll get another beer. I'll say, hey, this is a good pub. Yeah, yeah he's there. Yeah. This guy does not, does not have to go fuck himself. <laughs> unless he wants to. Uh, James Lawrence says, utterly criminal. This song isn't better known. Freddie used to introduce this song as Spread Your Legs. <laughs> and then ask, is it John's greatest song? You know, like I said, I, I, it's probably my favorite. I don't know that this is greatest. It's probably my favorite. And Brian Delaney says, I have to agree with Kevin. So I like Brian Delaney, you know. He says, if this gets less than 95% champion vote, I'd be shocked. Top, top tier Queen song. This one and It's Late are two songs on the news of the world where Freddie really sings his heart out and the vocals are raw and powerful. One of, if not John's best. Should have been on Greatest Hits, even if it didn't chart well. Absolutely love the Life Killers version as well. Brilliant song and champion all day long. Uh, Keith Austin says, absolutely top drawer masterpiece. Deaky put in his thumb and pulled out a peach. Guess how I voted on this one. Uh, I think he might be telling us there. Uh, and PJ Davies says, the most championist champion that ever championed. That's a lot of, that's a lot of champion going on there, PJ. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, Serena Shemeka says, oh, yes, one of my favorite Deaky tracks ever. Uh, Deaky with a K. You notice the you won't get wary far, too. I thought it was just me. <laughs> Champion tune. Love it. And, you know, Serena, uh, I did not notice it until Kev pointed it out to me. I actually had missed that. But <laughs> that was also my first listening. So, yeah. Uh, Michelle Stagman-Curlander says, Russell Watkins is right. The BB Sessions version does rock out. Hadn't heard it in a while. Here it is for everyone to enjoy without looking for it. Wonderful, wonderful, fantabulous song for every possible reason. Lyrics, vocals, percussion, and bass, and guitar. Quintessential queen. Nick Crofts, top shelf champion. A real queen fan's favorite. 
and live track favorite at the time. Uh, I wonder why it didn't chart well. It was released four months after uh, We Will Rock You and uh, We Are the Champions. Brilliant track, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And Joe Fuller says, because you know you should do better. <laughs> Great episode, man. Forever champion. Uh, thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Happy Norman, a.k.a. Steve. Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> uh, uh, champion of champions. As Kevin said, what a fucking great vocal score of Freddie. Definitely one of his finest. As a kid, I did appreciate the song, but not nearly as much as I do being adult and stuff. <laughs> and a good reminder, I should search for another job. I've been sweeping the Emerald Bar far too long. Hey, Pepin, if you're stuck in, if you're stuck in a job that you don't like, well, actually, probably just sit down and think about whether you can afford to not have money coming in for any length of time. And then don't, don't, that's not a bit too hasty, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and we finish up with Kathy Gallagher just saying, definitely champion. So there's the socials, Randy. People people quite like this song, it turns out. Yes. And uh, I know it's been said already, but anybody posting and uh, engaging, we really do appreciate it. All you new posters, thank you very much. Yeah. Don't mind Kevin. Don't mind the smell. Uh, it goes away. You get used to it. And we can all move on. Well, which one is it? Does it go away or do you get used to it? Both. You can't have your cake and eat it. Actually, that's, that expression is the wrong way around, isn't it? You can't have your cake and eat it too, because that is that is what you do. You yeah, have your you cake have and the then cake. you eat it. The then expression should it. be, you can't eat your cake and have it too. Sure. There you go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we sort this out, Randy? Do we start a petition? I, I you know, <laughs> what we to do, the polls. We everything. <laughs> a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, so for people who haven't heard this podcast before, maybe um, we just pick a random song here by Queen to talk about and we don't do any research on it, or we do a little bit of research sort of in as we're recording here. We have a little wheel that generates the song for us. So, you know, Randy, is there anything you want to listen to? Is there anything in the Queen catalogue that we haven't covered so far that you love, that you'd like to talk about? Would you like to take a chance on something you haven't heard? What do you want to listen to tonight? I don't know, man. You know? Oh, there we go. It's Chewy again. He's come out again for the second week running. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I don't know. So, here, okay, here's a question. Because you're the the the, the queen mm. fan. Uh, don't try suicide. Is that, mm. is that, do people like it or do people hate it? When you said that, those, you used those, that phrasing. Um, it's, it's a divisive song in the Queen Catholic, I would say. That's what I want to hear. Okay, so you want something divisive? You want to divide the room, do you? Fucking A. The Agent of Chaos strikes again. Okay, well, I want to go back. I, I mean, Don't Try Suicide, I'd be all right with, but I'd still, I, we still have only done one song from Sheer Heart Attack. So I'd kind of like to go back to Sheer Heart Attack, but I want to do one of the big ones. I'd like, I was going to say either Killer Queen or Now I'm Here. I want to listen to Now I'm Here. You know, go back to a, a just a fucking, an yeah. absolute quintessential, greatest hits, banger of a song. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm um, manifesting. So you're manifesting I'll... Don't Try Suicide. I'm going with uh, Now I'm Here. I'll be happy either way. Well, in which case, we will get something from Made in Heaven. We'll I'm quite sure. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Bonnie Tyler or something. I don't fucking know what's going to go on here. No. What are we... Oh, are you kidding me? No way. Go, 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 go a little bit more. Oh, Holy fuck. Did you see how close we were to now I, I'm here? I did. We were, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we were literally, I think, probably two pixels away. I would but say so. We are getting a track from Sheer Heart Attack. 
you remember which one it was, Randy? Or did I close it too quickly? Stone Cold Crazy. Um, yeah, Stone Cold Crazy, a song that I'm I'm sure you know this one. Um I'm pretty sure I do. It's tattooed on the inside of my eyelids, you know. So um, but what we will do is we will go away and we'll do a bit of reading and we'll try and find out a few pertinent facts about this song, like who wrote it, where it was recorded, when, and you know, um what temperature the bath water was um that Roger sat in after playing the drum track on it. Why don't you guys just go do your own fucking research? Here we are again. At least I am on the cover of this album. I never did get paid for the shoot. Stand there and look mean, they said. Look soulless, they said. Never asked about my dancing skills or my operatic voice. I tell you, one of these days, I'm going to break out of this block of code and really do some damage. All right, Kev, so we dialed up a banger, Stone Cold Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the usual good folks playing all the usual instruments uh, recorded in uh, Wales and London in 74. Uh, and we've got Mike Stone on the uh, engineering side of things, yep. right? Thomas Baker uh, engineering. And uh, I think one of the things I took away from uh, this reading this from Queen All the Songs uh, was this uh, track is steeped in history and it was played the band's uh, very first concert uh, in Cornwall in on June 27th, 1970. Uh-huh. So ladies and gentlemen, that's quite a while ago. Uh, but I guess they w- were worried that the song wasn't quite good enough uh, uh, for the first album and it didn't fit the second album. I think my favorite part was that, you know, Roger said, although uh, they, you know, they like the song, he, you know, Freddie didn't have the technique that he quite, uh, you know, he developed later on. <laughs> and that in the early days, he sounds a bit like a very powerful sheep, <laughs> which just really makes me giggle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as a singer myself, I, I, I don't think most of us come out a fully formed vocalist and it takes much like any instrument. Uh, it takes a while to like sort of hone your craft. So, I mean, I, I do, I find that quite, quite funny and uh, a little endearing. So when it says that it was, and it was also the first song they played at that concert. So would be Mm -hmm. the very first song that queen as a band played live, which is pretty incredible when you think about what queen would end up becoming that this definitely must've just put people back in their seats. Like what the holy fucking shit is this? You know? So 53 years ago, they played this song. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> and it's still heavy. Like, we haven't listened to it yet because we both, <laughs> but we both, it's still heavy as shit. You think, wow, in 1970, I mean, you know, when was, when did um, Sabbath come out? When was Sabbath's first album? Was that 68 or 69? Yeah, it's 68, I think. I think. Black Sabbath was released in 1970. Paranoid was released in 1970. So, but I mean, obviously, their, they first, been, they were, their first album, really. Oh, 1970, right. but they were formed in 68, but. But yeah, I mean, just again, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, but this is the most metal song that Queen that Queen did for sure. I mean, they got closer in terms of, of weight and heaviness, but this is just nasty and abrasive, and it's got sort of punk elements to it, and it's got you know, it, it's sort of accepted, I think, even by quite a lot of the music press who really don't like Queen a lot of the time as being one of the precursors to thrash metal and speed metal and all those types of things. And I think I was reading that Music Magazine Q described Stone Cold Crazy as 
thrash metal before the term was invented and named it in 20 in 2009 named it the 38th best hard rock song of all time drum magazine called it an early blisteringly fast song describing taylor's performance straight up punk rock drumming in essence so yeah i mean uh, uh, you know when you think about queen you think about laid vocals you think about melody you think about threading the piano and you think about all these things you don't think thrash metal so interesting that this was one of the early the early songs i think eh? i forget who the commenter was I think often, if like if you were introduced to Queen in the eighties, you either didn't realize or you yeah. forgot that they were a fucking straight up fucking rock and roll band in the seventies, yeah. uh, and that's you know a lot of people loved that, right? And a lot of people didn't transition with them, and some did, and they gained some fans and lost some fans, yeah. and and now, and now, now there's a couple of fucking <laughs> hosers in fucking Saskatchewan <laughs> talking about it. It's great. But isn't that, I mean, as a musician, I mean, you obviously wouldn't know that these things called podcasts would exist, but you want your art to impact people and you want the songs you write to mean something to people. And the fact that we are talking about this song 53 Mm -hmm. years later means that got a fucking something about it, right? It does. Well, it's a short song, Randy, so it's not going to take as long to listen to and sort of comment. So should we just get straight into it? Well, let's fucking go on. I'm not sure what the fuck we're doing. He's pulling our puds. <laughs> you, leave, you leave my put out of this. I'm just going to say straight out of the gate, that is a fucking amazing rhythm that Roger Taylor's playing there. It's kind of like a... When you really listen to that, what he's doing between the snare and the kick, it's it's kind of like a shuffle, but not really. Like, and super sped up, you know what I mean? Like but the it's got this weird shuffle. Yeah, it's got this weird, <laughs> but it's got a weird swing to it because he's yeah he's got that accent thing that he's doing. It's so fucking cool, man! Oh my god, I did only hear it here fourteen seconds. So <laughs> I, I'm struggling to come up with something else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I wish we'd have to stop it all the time. Just, I, I know. Sorry. It. It's like, oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna listen. We're gonna you know what? Even though we both know this song, Randy, we are gonna listen to it straight through again in the end. Mm-hmm. Because we like doing we like this song, and it's a short song, so we can do it. It's also quite short, yeah. But man, I mean, you even though it is like a, a thrashy sort of, you know, very sped up metal song, like I said, Roger Taylor's it, I got it's got a swing to it, man. That I think that we you know we'll talk about the Metallica version later. That that's where Metallica get this song wrong. They lose that little bit of soul that Rog puts in by kind of playing that slightly syncopated. Yeah, I prefer the word, yeah, I prefer the word soul over swing because there's no swing. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean though. It's got well, yeah. Okay, listen. I don't know, man. I think it's got uh, a slight syncopation in the sw- in the way he's kind you, of. You said swing. You said swung. So when you swing yeah. a note. He's not, I, I didn't hear him swinging anything. Okay, yeah, fair but, but I mean, I but I could go back and listen. Okay, I'll call. I don't want to that. be unfair. <laughs> when I heard no swinging. Fair enough. I um, was looking at the lyrics there. So, uh, yeah, written in 1970 or before, 
uh, and he was he was dreaming of Al Capone. I, yeah. you know, so apparently the English people were well aware of of Al Capone in those days. Well, what are you guys doing? Listen, to, what are you guys worried about Al Capone for? Sleeping very soundly on a Saturday morning, I was dreaming I was Al Capone. There's a rumor going around, got to clear out of town. I'm smelling like a dry fish bone. Here come the law, going to break down the door, going to carry me away once more. Never, ne never, never. I never want it anymore. Got to get away from this stone cold floor. Crazy, crazy. stone cold crazy. Stone cold crazy. It, yeah, absolutely, lyrics, me absolutely meaningless, but fucking brilliant because they're so raw and evocative. And well, no, but not absolutely meaningless. Well, no, but I mean they don't. They're not deep, right? They're not. It's, you know. Well, no, no, no. It's not deep, but it paints a picture. Mm -hmm, Definitely, mm -hmm. right? What does what does a dry fish bone smell got, like, Randy? Well, you know what. I'm just going to suspect uh, just from, you know, the general tone that it's not great. <laughs> let's just say that, that that's a dry, so, okay, now let's a dry fish bone. It's old. Can't smell it good. <laughs> uh, how dry is it? I don't know. Yeah. These are all questions I can't answer. Well, we did find out that, you know, the members of Queen, because it is, you know, those three years or four years probably between it being written and then recorded, mm -hmm. that they actually couldn't remember who'd written the lyrics. So it's entirely possible right. that it was either a sort of a bit of a group effort or there was some, you know, um, chemically induced memory gaps, perhaps, uh, going on at the time where they just couldn't remember who'd written it. But, yeah. Here you go. So what I'm hearing is, if you listen to like what he's doing with between the, the sort of the hat snare and the, it's got a, it's got that, that swings in there, man. I fucking swear to God, I swear uh, to God. I was, I was listening to the guitar. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'll listen for the swing, Kev. And Let, I'm, I'm, to... I'm going to roll it back a wee, but we don't usually do this. I'm going to, but just listen when the drums come in. I'm maybe I am wrong on this, and maybe I'm just fucking okay. mishearing it and projecting. But just listen for that little. Okay. Like, it's sure. like a, yeah. Okay. No, you don't hear it. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, well, so, you know, maybe he's swinging the hat to touch, but nothing, yeah. nothing else is swung. Oh, no, nothing else. But it's like I said, that's where when a band like Metallica takes it or, or a sort of any other sort of, you know, what would become thrash metal and speed metal, that's, there's no hint of any kind of solo swing in that music. And it's, that's deliberate where it's, you know, they're, it's all about aggression and, and anger and, and speed and fear and all that kind of stuff. So there's no space for that. But with this being, before that era, I think you still get Roger Taylor's personality coming through, you know. There's also the very distinct possibility that Roger Taylor is a better drummer. You think? Than uh, the guy whose name escapes me at the moment. Lars Ulrich. Ulrich, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it Ulrich or Ulrich? I don't know. Sorry? Is it Ulrich or Ulrich? I always say Ulrich, and maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm Ulrich is Ulrich 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 Lars Ulrich. Uh, yeah. I don't say his name very often, so ah, whatever, man. I know who you're talking about.
Holy fucking hell. Yeah. That was all good stuff. <laughs> you know, he, he, Brian May, because I think he's got the curly hair and he does look a little bit, doesn't look like the coolest dude on the block ever, right? Even when he was in the, in the 70s, like, so it still was a little bit out there, but it was his look and it was, it was you know, it was a strong kind of look. But anybody who fucking questions this guy's rock and roll credentials as a guitarist, fuck me. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Look at the guy with the clown hair. He can play the fucking guitar. <laughs> like a speedy motherfucker. <laughs> it's kind of a cool riff, too, though, because eh? it's one of those things where it's and all the best riffs are simple. I was talking with um, my pal Corey and a couple of the uh, Van Halen boys um, on their Discord server because they just did uh, You Really Got Me. You know, the Kings, the Van Halen Kings cover off Van Halen 1. And same thing, it's it's two notes and it's five, 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 sorry, yeah, two notes, five chords, basically, right? Just five notes. Very, very simple. This is a really simple riff as well. It's not complicated, but there's something yeah. about those simple riffs that you just, you just connect them and you just latch onto them immediately, you know? Well, yeah, you want, you want singable, you want easy to remember, you want memorable and simple is always, always the right, always the right way to go. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Hey, we're not showing our hand at all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone knows everyone's going to vote on this, but we'll go through the motions and we'll pretend anyway and we'll build up some suspense because, you know. You know how I always bang on about when it's long and it's like, oh, God, just shorten that shit up. Like, just <laughs> what are you going to do? Why are you going so long? So here in this case, it's 215. I don't know. They could add another verse, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. They could have added, uh, maybe maybe they could have even just coursed out, like do a double course out and maybe yeah. a, a little solo and make it make it three. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know what I mean? There is a certain charm to it being so short, though, too, right? That, 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 well, of course, again, gives it, that gives it as much personality as any of the instrumentation almost, you know? Most of the bands that I, well, God, that's such a generic, stupid, <laughs> shitty thing to say, but I, I, I really ultimately think that shorter is better. Any, any piece of artwork that you can take and truncate and shorten and make, more meaningful in a shorter amount of time and a short amount of words, short amount of chords, always doing better. Just my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a reasonably good possibility that I might be correct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just fucking full of shit. I don't know. That's just my opinion. See, and I, I, you know, that's just what I think. Do you, I, I was going to ask you if you remember, you probably wouldn't. Do you remember hearing this song sort of for the first time? Do you remember sort of any, is there any sort of sense of hearing this song and thinking this is Queen, or is that no. just sort of lost to the annals of memory? It's just gone. It's yeah. just gone. This is just always the Queen song that I knew and yeah, where I heard it the first time or or any of that stuff. I have no idea. Uh, it was released in what seventy four. I mean, yeah, yeah. Good God, I mean, 
I heard it probably growing up, right? From my yeah. aunts and uncles and, you know, whatever. Well, it was, <laughs> was the second album released in 74. The first was Queen 2, which, you know, I, they were right. It wouldn't have fit on Queen 2. It would have been mm. an absolute disaster to put this on, the Queen, on Queen 2. But the amazing thing is that, because I, I do remember sort of, I, I do have sort of very, you know, those, those memories that are quite photographic where you can sort of see right room you're in and you can you, you almost you can almost smell you know what i mean like it's got that sort of really sort of yeah. visceral sense to me that because this song comes in between in the lap of the gods and dear friends which are two very low-key mellow songs and i remember every time i would put this album on which i did quite often because i was fascinated with the cover and all the songs on it but you listen to in the lap of the gods and then this thing just fucking melts your face and then you get this song called Dear Friends. And it's just, it's it's so, it stands out so much, even just because of where it's placed on the album. You know, yeah. like if it was after, if it was between Brighton Rock and Flick of the Wrist, it, it might not have the same punch in my memory. But because of where it sits on the album, it's just like this, this festering sort of wound in the middle of this, this you know, <laughs> beautiful kind of, it's incredible. Like, I just think it's amazing that they, that they put it where they did. You know? I'm sure they weren't thinking of it as a festering wound, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a nastiness uh, to it. It's got a, it got an edge to it, right? Like, not nastiness maybe, but it's got an edge to it. It's got a, it's dangerous. It sounds dangerous. It doesn't, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, man. I, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. No, this would, I mean, I can't believe they play this in, in at, you know, at, was it Brian's mom's function or something? I forget where it was, but yeah, no, it, it kind of slams you over the head. Right. And I think, you know, as, as, as a band, when you, when you play, you, you, you gotta have, you need some of those things where you, yeah, you got, you got, you got, you got to be able to show what you can do and, 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 and how you do it. Right. And, yeah. and this is them doing that. So. Well, should we ever listen through so we can actually sort of just hear it all the way through? Uh, yes, as please. short as it is, and then make any notes you want to make, Randy, and we'll talk about it once we reconvene. It's all mental notes, buddy. Let's do it. Hit her. It's all about the intro, too, buddy. Oh, my God. Dear, dear me. Well, you know, Randy, um, we have definitely tipped on, but we should probably ask each other anyway. And last week, I voted first. Mm. So for you, mm -hmm. don't call crazy. Is this one of the champions, or does it bite the dust? Well, because you did say you did say it was maybe even a little bit too short this time. Yeah, it is. It's too short. <laughs> I'm just really not very happy with the amount that it rocks. And I'm a little disappointed in the fact that uh, it rolls as well. We are the champions, my friends. Now, Kev, I know I'm pushing some boundaries voting this enough, mm -hmm. uh, a champ. What about you? Is it a champion or does it bite the dust? It is. We say sometimes that there are those songs that if you don't like this song, are you are you really a Queen fan? Like I know I hate to be one of those people say you're not a real fan, but if you don't like this song and you say you're a Queen fan, I don't really know what you're doing with your life. 
I was, I was, I was, to quote my friend Corey Morissette, who hurt you? You know, like, well, what's going on in your life that you don't like this song? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> the energy of it, like I said, we were talking about it, you know, before we voted, that I've got so many memories tied to this song just being this wild... I didn't, you know, but heavy metal didn't really exist. I listened to Black Sabbath. That was the heavy metal that we had back then. There was nothing that sounded like this. There was nothing that was this chaotic and sort of, you know, just fast and nasty and and it gets in quickly with that weird sort of woo woo woo. That the, I'm sure that's his whammy bar that Brian's using there on the. He's getting feedback. He's getting feedback from his amp, and he's, he's yeah, the amp, and he's doing the woo woo. Yeah, it's not hard and to then, do, but it's cool. Yeah, and then it gets out quick, right? It's just like, yeah. Psh- that big cat lift again on the, you know, that's, I, mean, I just think it's phenomenal. I don't yeah. really have a ton of notes. Um, I just, you know, what I'd written down actually is I sometimes can't believe the song exists. <laughs> As a Queen fan, it's like, it's so different to anything else they did. And it's so weirdly placed on the album that I'm, I'm delighted that they did record it in the end, but you can sort of see where some of that trepidation came from, where, like, can we put this on the first album? Are people going to, like, are they going to take something like this? Queen yeah. 2, you definitely can't put it on Queen 2 because it just doesn't fit. So I'm really glad it kind of got brought back into, into a recorded setting because maybe it would have been lost forever and that would have been would have been all the poorer for it. I also think I was going to say, Randy, I, I think the mix is fantastic on this. The bass yeah. is a little bit... Just light. A, it's not hair light, but I think it sort of has to be because if you had like a really, really big full bass, I think it might muddy things a little bit, especially because it's so fast. But otherwise, I think I mean the guitars sound phenomenal. Freddie's vocal sounds great. The drums sound amazing. I don't know, man. I don't know what you're criticizing this song, to be honest. Well, I have a pretty major criticism. Mm. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> That's my criticism. No, it's it's a super cool tune, man. It's it, it's super fun. I, I you know I actually like the lyrics. I mean, yeah, sure. I guess there's no, you know they're not telling a, a story of uh, a profound journey across millennia or anything but mm. uh but but the lyrics are good they're clear and they're they're concise i i like i like i like all those solo sections where you know i guess we were talking exactly where are they going yeah uh i might need a guitar to, just in my hands to kind of figure it out but just looking at the chord charts like i'm 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 right it's just goes up a couple yeah or a full step i should use the right language when i'm talking here for some of those solos and i mean you know as a guitar player that's just like oh yes please just let me do that all day like, let's play songs and then just give me this opportunity to go up into these other spots and and do these super fun things and and hopefully people like them and of course you got you know you got freddie singing and and, yeah. and and what about what what a great line just in itself if you think about it stone cold crazy yeah you know like i mean it, it's yeah it, it it just works on all levels for me. I agree with you. I think the mix is is super tight. You know, is the bass a little light? Possibly, but you know, in the seventies, late seventies, uh, early eighties, yeah. uh, in this era, uh, they they didn't give a shit about the bass. They weren't worried about the bass. They were worried about the mid range because that's what everybody. Well, I mean, it's still what we hear primarily, mm-hmm. uh, despite what people would like to tell you. Um, so yeah, I like it. Yeah, look, manly. Man. Yes. There's, there's also like little there's, there's bits in it that. Because, you know, they got the sirens loose, I ran right. So that's, they kind of, he drags that and slows that delivery down where it's not that machine gun sort of delivery that's been doing on most of the vocals. So there's mm. still a little bit of variation. And again, what you were talking about, when I said it's a bit of a, a nonsense lyric, I, I certainly wasn't criticizing saying it's a bad lyric. It's just, it's not sort of, like you said, it's, it's not telling any cohesive story. It's more of a, 
It's a mood, or even the kids would say a vibe, Randy. But yeah, mm, mm. they're going to put me in a cell if I can't go to heaven. Will they let me go to hell? That's a fucking superb line. Brilliant line. Yeah. And I don't think Stone Cold Crazy is a, I don't think that is a term, right? So it's almost like one of those things where you think, well, of course, yeah, that's, that's yeah, Stone Cold Crazy. Well, I mean, maybe, they maybe made it. Maybe it's just, I mean, you know. Possibly they made it a term. I mean, I don't even yeah. know. So, uh, yeah, so cool. So, so cool, man. Um, I've got a banger. A couple of weeks in a row, we've had really good songs. Um, how do you think this one's going to... We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but how do you think this is going to get voted on, Randy? Because oh. it is your turn to... Uh, the folks are going to fucking dig this shit, Kev. That's what I say. That's mm-hmm. my prediction. I will say... Uh, do, are we doing percentages? Is that what we're doing we're right in, now? We're doing percentages, yeah. We're right there, just like just like this. Eh? I'm going to be... I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be Kevin. And I'm going to say 95. Woo! 95 5 eh? I just can't imagine I can't even imagine why you're here and listening to this podcast if this isn't like like this is up with bow rap to me this is like this <laughs> yeah. is up there it's one of the biggies yeah it's one of the you? it's one of it's one of the defining songs yeah it's one of those ones that like Bohemian Rhapsody it because it it's doesn't like, sound like anything else it's it's got its own identity this is queen yeah, yeah 100% or, or and I forget who it was who had said it uh on a tweet somewhere along the line, which I think is a really good benchmark is if I was going to say, Hey, you should get into this band. I like queen. Yeah. I, th- I would send them this song. I would say, here, look, listen to this song. You yeah. Know, I'm, I might not send them spread your wings. I, right. I mean, maybe I might, but I would send this one way fucking <laughs> before that one. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or foot song or 39. You can go fuck what? yourself. What? It's it's hey, also what? a song. It's also a song that you can give to people who think that Queen are lame and that they know Queen and that got into Queen. You know, Sean McGinnis. He said like he it was Radio Gaga and which I love that song and the kind of magic and that era where Queen sort of got into that very yeah. soft pop sensibility in a lot of the songs. We throw someone to throw someone this song and say, well, if you think they're a soft kind of poppy band, go listen to this shit. You know, all those, all those, your slip knots and all your bands that you love, go listen to where it came from, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're going 95.5. I'm, I'm sort of really tempted to go 90.10 as you did last week and, and sort of complete the, complete the set again. Cause I do think there will be people who just don't love yeah, trashy I sort know. of, that's my only thinking there that it might not get quite so high. So, yeah, it's your only way out, Kev. I'll say 90-10, and I bet we split the difference roughly again. All right. All right. Yeah. So, But we are going to listen to a wee bit of Metallica's version, and just, again, just very quickly compare and contrast where I think they just get it completely and utterly wrong. First of all, I, I, again, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I hate, you hate to do it because it's so fucking predictable and boring to say that Lars Ulrich just is not, he's not one of the top tier rock drummers. I'm sure he was very influential with heavy metal when he, when, you know, in, in Metallica's early days, I'm totally willing to accept that. But his drum sounds are almost always fucking awful. And I think on this, they just sound limp 
boring. There's no energy or passion in the sound at all. And I don't think he plays this very well. I just think he's not quite got, again, whether it's swing or solo, whatever we're going to call that, that Roger Taylor brings to that song. None of it's there on this one. Yeah. Let's hear it. I can't comment quite yet. I'm going to stop it there a little bit because if anyone does flag us for uh, copyright infringement, it's most likely going to be Metallica, right? Yeah, well, I don't, it's maybe not as awful as you say, but <laughs> it definitely lacks um, personality and the uh, whatever, whatever it is, the vibe. And, yeah. you know, it seems like these guys are probably a lot, uh, you know, I don't want to offend anybody either, but it seems like these guys might be a little tighter. So they're like, they're really going bump, 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 bump. They're really hitting all those shots. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas Queen, some of that stuff was just a touch loosier and a little goosier. There we go. Uh, which generally fits my sensibilities. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like, you know, Lucy, Goosey Stones kind of stuff. Yeah, but it feels. Whereas this, whereas this doesn't have that. It's just, I suppose if there's some greasy, you know, people with leather jackets and, and jean jackets and, and you've got, they've got uh, Metallica on their, on the back of their jacket. And that's all they listen to. And uh, that they can actually say that they like a queen song. Yeah. True enough. So that's, so that's pretty cool. True enough. So we're crossing some major genres. I mean, sort of in a way, right. I mean, you know, Queens might be sort of an honorary kind of a metal band, but I would yeah. say honorary is a nice way to put it. Cause they're not a metal band. They're no, for sure. Band, right. They, they, but they dip their toes into it here and there the same mm -hmm. way they dip their toes into vaudeville they're not a vaudeville band they, you know they just they were experimental and again i will say that this is entirely you know this is my preference and suppose like i i grew up with this song and i'm used to hearing it a certain way and i'm used to hearing it you know when they play it live i'm used to a certain i'm used to roger taylor playing it i'm used to freddie singing it the guitars sounded all right on that actually well, i just, didn't mind the yeah, guitars just a, but they're just it's just a, a bit of, wind, of it is, there's a bit of wind sucked out of it there's a bit of yeah it's a bit of air taken out of it somehow. And, and yeah, it's, it's a little sort of difficult to exactly say what it is, but I agree yeah. with you. Well, I'm going to leave it there then. Well, 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 that's an edit point that you just said. I agree with you. So, you know, that, there we go. The Cardinal well, has spoken from the pulpit that Kevin is right. Well, um, and huh, Metallica should took an unexpected turn. This won a Grammy award. This version. Which one? Metallica's version. Won a Grammy? It won a Grammy. For what the fuck? For what? Let me bring it up. Most life-sucking cover of a great fucking Queen song. <laughs> it was nominated for and won Best Metal Performance in 1991. Um, it was recorded, this this uh, version was recorded for ooh, some kind of Ruby at or something, Electra's 40th anniversary, so it was for a, like a, a compilation album. Um, and then it was put on the B side of Event uh, Sandman, but yeah, it won a Grammy. This version of this song won a Grammy. Hmm. Quite crazy. Well, a testament to a good song. There we go. Let's let's say that. That's a great way to spin it. I love exactly it. Exactly the way we'll say it. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny too, though, because <laughs> on this <laughs> on this disc, you know, Metallica are joined by you know such heavy metal luminaries as uh, Tracy Chapman, Billy Bragg, The Cure, The Happy Mondays, 
Howard Jones. Um, they might be Giants, the Beautiful South, and uh, Linda Ronstadt. So, you know, I'm a very heavy metal oriented album. Hmm. Linda Ronstadt did have a great screamer voice. Well, that was a good singer, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Linda Ronstadt. Still my favorite ever rock and roll anecdote. Steve Vai's audition, you know, for, for, for Zappa. Plays all those plays. You've, you've, you've seen that when he, he says, you know, and he, of course I have. Zappa tells him to, well, play, you know. Play. This is during my audition. He says, he, you know, and Frank would like play these things on the guitar. And, and he had a certain technique, but he wasn't like a shredder or anything like that, you know. And he'd play something. He'd say, play that. And I go, okay. And I play it. And he goes, okay, now play it in 7 8. I say, okay. And I, I play it in 7. And he goes, okay, now play it reggae 7 8. Like, okay. And I, and I do it. And he goes, okay, now add this note. Okay, and I do it. <laughs> Playing reggae seven eight, and I'm adding these notes. And he says, "Okay, add this note," and it was impossible. It just was physically impossible, not just for me, but for anybody. You know, I said, "Oh, I can't do that." <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, I hear Linda Ronstadt is looking for a guitar player." <laughs> and who wouldn't like to be a guitar player in fucking Linda Ronstadt's band? Be a great gig, wouldn't it? Me and um, Corey were talking today about um, Bon Jovi because Richie Sambora obviously left Bon Jovi. The new guitar player in Bon Jovi is Phil X, who it's almost as ridiculous as putting Steve Vineland around that band. You know, that guy is just an, an unbelievable guitarist, unbelievable musician. But you know what? Bon Jovi is going to be a fucking amazing gig. It's going to get paid well. It's gonna be, the tour bus is going to be fantastic. It's going to get looked after. It's going to be a nice you know, fun time. Who wouldn't take it? Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, uh, Richie Sambora would not take it. <laughs> well, he took it for, you know, 30 years. I think, I think he does. I think he's done his time. He's fucking had enough of that. fucking <laughs> Listen, Bon Goofy, go fuck yourself. I'm Richie Sambora over here. I'm sick of having to lift you up to get things off the top shelf. You fucking short midget. <laughs> get a box. I keep telling you, bring a box. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Just imagine Bon Jovi trying to put his, his luggage in the overhead compartment. Yeah. Always needs assistance. It's yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sakes, again, here he's again. Just give it to Richie. Let Richie do it. <laughs> All right. I've got a question for you. Why? How come? Well, because, you know, I think things are flagging now. And I think we need an emergency question just to bring the energy of the show back up. Look, you feel like the show's suffered this much that we need to do this? Should we leave it for this week? We, we could be complete rebels and not ask the emergency question. I don't know. I mean, are people starting to expect this bullshit now or what? <laughs> I don't know. What we should do is leave it out and find out if people complain. <laughs> there you go. Let's leave it at that. See what, you know, see what people say. My apologies for bringing up our two-star review again in the intro. Uh, it's just that we love it so much and quite frankly... Our heads uh, were getting swollen from the love embrace we receive every week from our lovely listeners. Now, I don't mean to pander, but you guys are awesome. And thank you so much for welcoming us two numpties into your exclusive queen club. If I were to title this episode, I'd call it, Wouldn't a Wet Fishbone Smell Worse? Or possibly, Stone Cold Crazy Rocks. Now, we genuinely appreciate your engagement. So you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Kev Brown. Now, what of Kev Brown? Well, not only is he a terrific person, he's also a very talented and busy podcaster. 
I have not seen the man in person in months. So now here's your exclusive chance to get to know Kev and learn of his glamorous lifestyle through his podcast, The Tom Petty Project, and The Ultimate Catalog Clash with our friend Corey Morissette. Uh, We will be back with you next week to chat about Queen. Kiss, Kevy. Seaside Park Review.